Yeah, you can never keep a straight face when we do when we when we go silent to do the intro. I but can. but yeah, season four, man. Welcome back to Talk or Go Home, season four. It's it's about time. That should be the uh, the subtitle of this season. It's about time. It's about time. Yeah, Nick Wilson, Clint Thompson, and our and our special guest on the podcast today, somebody who I've known well, who's actually known me longer than I've known him. Uh, <laughs> when you when you get down to it, wait uh, a minute, how does that work? Yeah. Sure. So Billy Wakefield, thanks for coming on, man. Man, my pleasure. My pleasure. I love being here. Yeah, I, I'm really excited because you've got a lot of really unique mm. stories that give you a lot of really <laughs> unique life perspective. I have some unique life perspectives. That's true. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Uh, <clears throat> so it's great to be here. I love I love this. I love what what uh, y'all are doing and and how you're doing it. Well, I'm I'm just I'm going to start off by saying how I know him, and you can too. Okay. All right. So. And and that then we'll get into why he's on. Uh, if you want, I'll start because okay, yeah, I think my story is a little bit shorter. Go ahead. I don't know how I know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It's just like in passing is like, oh, okay, that's Billy. Yeah, and then that's that's kind of it. Like, yeah, yeah. What year did you graduate? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. So you would have been in the group of uh, football players that I was on the sideline keeping stats. Yes. Um, by that time, and uh, you probably knew me more than anything as the ball guy with clipboard standing yep. next to uh, Mr. Burl Wise. Yep. And uh, that's that's how I know you. <laughs> one of the, a football player, one of many who have. Oh uh, yes. Uh, come through over the years. Yeah, um, I, I I do remember that part, but then of course you know once you graduate, you kind of you kind of move away from the school. Uh, and then when you have kids and you're still in the same school system, you kind of get back into the school. So, yeah. you know, that's when I guess more as a senior in high school, it's like I don't want to say an afterthought because that's probably the wrong way of describing it. But almost it is an afterthought. It's like, okay, there's a statistician. But then as you kind of start getting back, you know, there's relationships and stuff at that point now. And it's, oh, that's Billy. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. So that's that's pretty much it. I mean, in, in a nutshell, that's pretty much it. So. Yeah. So, uh, my my story is a little different. Yes, I did work with Billy uh, in high school. Absolutely I was I was did. I was uh, manager video guy for the football team in high school. Right and hand man. Yes. Well, <laughs> and, B- and Billy took care of me. Billy, you were the you you kind of ran the booster organization, and uh, and I was there working. And so we had a lot of work together. But you've actually known me longer than that because you've known my dad since what y'all were knee high to a grasshopper. Uh, yeah, yeah, your dad and I, uh, well, we really didn't get to know each other until, until high school when yeah. I moved to Asheville. But we uh, we actually were born in the same hospital on the same day. And uh, so I guess that started yeah. wow. our official acquaintance. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah. then I think we may have gone to elementary school together for a short period of time. And, um, you know, uh, our mothers also have the same birthday. Yeah, and so uh, you know there was yeah, all that, and then, it, and then it, you know, and then I wound up being really good friends with your dad and your uncle Terry. Yeah, and uh, hanging out with them, and I, I, I think I pretty much lived it at, at your at your uh, grandmother and granddaddy's house. You know, the farm. Yeah, 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 forever. Uh, so yeah, I've known I've known Nick a long, long time. Yeah. Separated at birth, it sounds like. Yeah, Billy's known Nick since uh, well before Nick knew Nick. Yeah. Um, really. Yeah. So yeah, still it's, a twinkle in your daddy's eye. Exactly. <laughs> and then and then I was born, and you know, 
I didn't know I was here, but he did. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I did. Yeah, Reagan too. Yeah, Deep Reagan. Thought yeah. Here. Deep thought here on the uh, Talk or Go Home podcast. And what's really, what's really interesting, though, is that his Billy's youngest son was in the very first class that I taught as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, y'all just intertwine. Y'all are like an yeah. Alabama yeah. family tree. Yeah. Like, well, I, I don't look at it so Hold much, on, I got so much like... Well, I don't look at it, I don't look at it like I, I look at it like the the Lord and and well the Lord is just it's like you know we're gonna cosmically intertwine these two families <laughs> in as many ways as possible yeah so but uh, so yeah and and you like I said you have a lot of life experience but you've got a lot of unique stories because you've done a lot of things and you are currently a pastor I am and and. That offers a lot of unique uh, perspective in and of itself. It does. But uh, so we're going to, you know, on this on this podcast, we tend to keep things, we, we make fun of ourselves. I mean, that's yeah. mostly a what lot. we do. That's the only that's, way to get through life. Yeah. That's mostly what we do. Yeah, you can't you know? take yourself too serious. But now that when we have guests on, we like to talk about the guests. And yeah. we like to, so. Okay. So. Or at least until you're a reoccurring guest, which more than likely will happen. Yes. Now that, Mar- now that Murphy's been on, you know, a handful of times now, it's... Uh, David Murphy's been on here more than once, and I'm I'm bound to be back. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I love David. Yeah. He's hilarious. And he is funny. Went to school he? with his sister. and That's right. You did go to I school. I remember when David yeah. played football. I mean, that's how old I am. Yeah, that. So, how long have you been doing stats for the football team? I started in eighteen eighty one. Eighteen eighty one. That was a good year. Yeah, it was. It was right after the war. <laughs> and uh, reconstruction uh, was yeah. ongoing. <laughs> you, you came back home. Yeah, I, I don't. I tried to remember that the other day when I really started keeping stats. Um, uh, I was. We were really faithful followers of the football program up through the the big year ninety two. And uh, 93, 94. And then, then we had our first son, Will. And, you know, with that comes a lot of busyness yep. and doing yeah. things. Take and, a step back. Something's got to go. Yeah. Kids come in, something's got to go. Right. And so w- we kind of got away from, from going to football games and being involved. And I don't know, at some point in time around, I'm going to say 99, 98, um, I went to the football game with Earl and and uh, stood on the sidelines with him and helped him keep stats. I don't remember exactly why. There was some reason, and I got hooked on it. I got hooked on being on the sidelines, and uh, I can't hardly watch a high school football game from the from the stands. I get bored with it because you don't, you know. I mean, quite frankly, you don't have the smells and the sounds. And, oh sure, you know, being down there, you're there. You're as there. Close you're as in. You hear everything. everything. You know, everybody says, "Well, you can't see as good from the sidelines." Well, no, you see more. Yeah, you, you see the you see differently though. Y- yeah, yeah. yeah. You see can, more, I but I may it's not different. Can tell you who made the tackle, right? But I can I can tell you about what five or six faces look like when they came off the sidelines, you know, and, and uh, what they're saying about yeah, it. Yeah, the exasperation or the joy or whatever it might be, and I just kind of I got hooked on. Of course, being around Burl is easy for me, yeah. you know, as a hero of mine, and and of course my father in law, but so much more to to so many people and i'm not not just one i i mean i'm not the only one uh he's just been a you know such a hero to me that you know riding to away games with him has has been a great joy of mine for yeah. years i mean i i would do it for that alone if yeah. i just sat in the car and waited on him to come back just because we would talk about life and football mostly football and uh, we've had a great time doing it, but I, I, I want to say around '99 I really started. So just 
context for those that because we do have people that listen to this that aren't from around here yeah. and believe it or you, not yeah <laughs> no, believe, you yeah. you graduated from Asheville high school in Asheville, alabama in 1984 with my dad yes you i was you, just born then yeah, you, you, <laughs> you've lived in Asheville for most of your life uh, i moved to Asheville in 1981 when i was 14 but that's the majority of my life at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you've lived in Asheville most of your life yeah and you like you said you've been a lot pretty much a lifelong uh, a, a few breaks here and there but a lifelong fan and participant in the football program here yeah. at Asheville High School the Asheville Bulldogs Absolutely. the Asheville program and your father-in-law Vera Wise is the head statistician right if you want to give him that title is the head basically he's been around the longest and he's what he's only missed two games in he's missed two games and i forget the number now but it, it's something like uh 61 years yeah. or something yeah so yeah, he's missed he's missed two games he and that's obviously a record you know that's yeah that's yeah. got to be you know he, he was here he's seen it all and I, I joke with him that i'm gonna beat him one day but i've got a lot of catching up to do <laughs> yeah. if i'm gonna do yeah. that but so you are, and then at various times you've been, like I said, in booster leadership positions to, yeah, to, yeah. to assist. I was quarterback, uh, Roger McKay was quarterback club president when I got involved in the quarterback. Let me make clear, when when I started dating Emily, uh, it was immediately clear that football, Asheville football was a big part of that the family's family. life. Yeah. 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 You know, because Emily was a cheerleader the whole time we dated while she was in high school. And, you know, Emily's daddy's – He's doing booster club stuff, and I, I'm trying to figure. I'm a kid, you know. What's I mean, a booster really, club? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what, what. What do you mean you're selling? You're 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 selling squares on a turkey? Now what? Now you're going to have a? How many turkeys are you going to shoot? What's a cow patty drop? <laughs> you know, so yeah, all that stuff was was around, and I I actually my first quarterback club meeting that I ever came to, Raymond Farmer was head coach. Oh wow, wow, and, that's a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. And, sorry, and, and let me say this: Coach Farmer was not a great fan of mine at the time. Uh, I was a student here, but not one of his players. Ah, and, uh, I was a, a, a what, what's the word malcontent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, was that his word for you? Uh, it prob that was would probably be generous <laughs> uh, from him for me at the time. And I have you know since then uh, have seen Coach Farmer and. Uh, I thank the world of him, and he, you know, he's told me. He said when I heard something to the effect of when I heard you were a preacher, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> so, you know, I I, I take that as a, uh, you know, as a compliment. It's yeah. part of your testimony. <laughs> yeah, but 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 I started coming to quarterback club meetings when uh, Coach Farmer would actually play the game film. I don't know, eight millimeter, sixteen millimeter, whatever it was, but he would back it up and show, and he would go break the film down mm. for the quarterback club, and it there would be you know 25 or 30 people in there uh, all men of course at that time but uh you know and it just went from there and then uh, you know i wound up in uh, roger mckay was present 2008 and my kids were coming, coming of up. age to be getting involved so coach walls was here and and you know there just wasn't enough people around to get the work done so yeah. i started with roger uh volunteering to cut the football field and i, I cut the football field after that for about about 10 years. I was about to say, you, you've only stopped yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah. About 10 years, I'd bring my mower over and cut the football field, and I, it was great. I mean, I loved it. I'd come over here. People will tell you, I'd come over here, the lights would come on at 1 o'clock in the morning, I'd cut the grass from 1 to 3. Wow. You know, I've left the water running overnight and flooded the, flooded the field. <laughs> I mean, I've done it all. I have yeah. done it all. 
Well, it's funny you say that because we were just talking about that. We were, we were we were on the Kubota and we were we were we were I had just sweeping. Cut the grass. You had just we cut. Sweeping we were the sweeping the field, getting all the excess you know grass and stuff up. And I'm just I'm just kind of taking it all in in a way, and I'm like, man, this is just cool. And Nick said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I'm sure you know I'll get burnt out on it eventually, but you know I'm at my I'm at my alma mater where I used to play football, where I think the world of right." And I'm I'm helping up keep the facility. That's oh, just yeah. that's just cool. And Nick just kind of really? leaned over and he said, "It never gets old." Uh, it yeah. doesn't. I, I, this is my fourth year, and and Billy, I can't tell you how many seven day work weeks I've worked for this place right. since Eight since coming summer. on officially yeah. as an employ as an employee, and <clears throat> you know you know how much I love this place. Oh, you know yeah. how much I love yeah. all things Asheville, and you know there are just certain parts of it that just haven't gotten old. Yeah. And I, I granted it's only been if I've only been here officially for four years, but uh, well, I, I can say you know and. In regards to Nick, uh, if it hadn't been for Nick through two of my terms as quarterback club president, I really don't know what I'd have done. And I mean that with all sincerity because there were that. there were times I was up there, you know, we'd be up there after the football game. It'd be 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, and there would be nobody but yeah. me mm-hmm. and still dragging trash cans yep. and trash bags. And I'd look around, and Nick would say, what you need me to do? Yep. And, and, you know, my first thought was, his parents are probably worried to death about where he <laughs> and is. You, and, and, and you know what's crazy about that is they, they never asked. They never asked. Nope. nope. Billy, I could have been in a rave in Birmingham and they wouldn't have cared or known. <laughs> well, that goes back to the time that you you and your daddy and I spent together. <laughs> <laughs> at Hughes. You know, it's better that our parents don't know what we were doing because we were not helping at the football field. Yeah. We did not. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, you know, Nick was – indispensable to us well and i'm gonna say this because i don't think i don't think you know how important those moments were for me in my life because it was those moments that made me fall in love with with sports you know prior to that i had done i had done some track stuff but i really hadn't done anything else you know junior high track that kind of thing but nothing really else and it was it was then that i fell in love with sports but i fell in love with sports on the from from where most people end their career in sports, I fell in love with it from from the I guess you would call the front office, right. the, the the front office side, not the field side. Yeah. I fell in love with it from like the operations, like hey, we've got a, like you said, we've got a water main busted, or there's a, you know we got to take the trash out, or we got to get the clothes, or we got to work the right. equipment, or you know we've got to schedule the team buses, all that stuff. And so I fell in love from it or with it from that angle. Which led to, thankfully, the the good Lord blessed me with the opportunity to go do that at the collegiate level, and I got into video at the collegiate level, which led to an operations job at the collegiate level while I was a student, and had Asheville not called, you know, I probably would still be in college, but Mama called and I answered, you know what I mean, and I came back to the place that I love more than anywhere in the world, but, so I, I credit a lot of those experiences in high school with why I love sports today because I really hadn't before then, you know, my brother had played sports, baseball, basketball, and he, he waited a, a while to play football. He, he waited till his senior year in high school to play football. Right. And then he looks at me and says, man, I wish I'd done this all four years. I said, yeah, I've been trying to tell you that for four years, but you know, yeah. you waited till your senior year. Anyway, I digress. But so, yeah, I, and then now this is going to be my first, you know, last year I helped, I guess you could say coach, but I really, I, I really didn't help scheme, and I really didn't help with fundamentals. But this year, I'm, 
I'm actually an on-field coach. Right. And it's kind of that's a good move. It's ca- it's full circle, man. It's like I never yeah. thought I'd be here, but right. it all started in high school with you. You know, oh, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to take any credit for your success, <laughs> Nick, because I've been telling well, people for years that that you know you, you, that Nick Wilson's going to go on to do great things. I mean, he's going to be wealthy or famous, either or or both. He's going to do great things, and you have. I mean, I. I I'm looking in this studio here now, and I'm, I, I would never have imagined anything no. like this. Yeah. And, and I know it may, it may seem simple and meager to you, but to me, you know, graduating here in 1994, or 1984. <laughs> <laughs> lost, wish, a yeah, <laughs> lost a decade there. Somewhere. I've lost several. Uh, yeah, you know, with Coach Farmer backing up the 16-millimeter, 8-millimeter, whatever it was, and that's why, you know, it's just uh, – you know, and you, you've been a, gr- a huge part of making that happen. And uh, so I don't want to take any credit for, for your success. But, well, we, we, you know, we had a great time. Yeah. And you say, well, you can't get burnt out on it. You can. You can get burnt out of being the one that always has to answer the question. Yeah. I've, but I've, yeah. Always, I've <laughs> always enjoyed being involved and being a part. Sure. Uh, I, I, I love Asheville. You know, I moved here from Center Point. And, uh, you know, I wasn't involved in anything at Hewitt, nothing. Just trying to survive and stay alive as a middle schooler. And moved to Asheville and thought I would hate it. And uh, They got cows. I ain't going to y- like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know when, I, when I first moved here, the baseball field was where it is now, but it was turned the other way. Yeah. Yeah, it was facing this yeah, way, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was facing the, the other way. And uh, not only was that the high school baseball field, that was the little league baseball fit facility. That was mm-hmm. it. That was all was here, and I'll never forget because I, 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 again, I grew up in Center Point, and it was at that time was booming and growing, and Clay Chapel hadn't been built yet. Yeah, it's before Trussell really took off. Yeah, really, and but but it was it was beginning to really take off, and I played a ballpark where in like in my age group we would have six or eight teams just in our park. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could play a season and never leave the park. In fact, most time you did. And you know everybody had leggings, and back that that was before they yeah. made socks and leggings together. So you put on <laughs> socks, and then you put on leggings. But you know, with socks, leggings, pants, uniforms, sponsors, t-shirt, the whole, the whole, you look like professional baseball players. And so I came to Asheville, and uh, I had some friends that actually, I actually had several friends from from my time in Birmingham that actually moved to this area. And so when I got here, I of course gravitated toward them. And they were playing baseball, and I came over here to watch them play baseball, and they were playing in, in matching T-shirts and blue jeans. Yeah. I mean, I, the catcher was was crouched down in a pair of blue jeans, and I remember thinking, I'm never going to make it here. <laughs> what kind of time work yeah. did I just step into? But, yeah. you know, once you get to – once I got to know, know everybody and how the town works, and uh, I mean, I just fell in love with Asheville. And I, and I still love Asheville. I don't, you know, there's some things I would change. And certainly, I, you know, I haven't agreed with every decision that's been made at the school or, or at the town level. But as a whole, I still love it here. Oh, absolutely. I don't want a Walmart here. Let me, let me, that's my first politically incorrect thing of the day. <laughs> I don't want Walmart. No Walmart. I don't want a gym in, in, in Asheville. I don't want a Cracker Barrel in Asheville. I don't want a, a Lone Star, a Texas Roadhouse. I don't want a pet store. I don't want any. I don't want a GameStop. I don't want any of that garbage here. If I wanted that, you know what I'd do? People who are just dying for that to be Asheville, they ought to move. Move, yeah. Yeah. 
because so, I don't want to put up with that. I, yeah. I like I like coming to Asheville and getting aggravated that there's three cars ahead of me at the light. <laughs> the light. Yeah. The, the, light. The, the, the only light. The only light that technically couldn't even be a light because it's really just a three-way. That's it's, right. It's, it's, it's not even, That's yeah. That's right. So, you know, and I know people want growth, and growth is good and all that garbage, but I just don't believe it. Uh, I believe there's a place that there are people that a place like Asheville is necessary. Absolutely. And for me, to get I, away I can, from all you, what you're talking about. Yeah, I can tell you without a doubt in my mind that, uh, you know, when my path was, well, I don't know the word, circuitous or whatever the fancy word is, it was long and winding. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you without a, a doubt that the Lord meant me for me to be in Asheville, Alabama uh, for the majority of my life. Uh, and and I, I have gone, and, and I look at my life uh, in hindsight, and I see these weird things, and believe me, you don't want to talk about the weird stuff in my life on a podcast. Cause I, <laughs> I think we do. Nah, <laughs> listen, I can say stuff that'll blow your mind, man. You'll have people calling you saying, now, did he really say what I think he said about how I got here? Uh, well, see, that's the, hey, look, if you, it, see, that's the whole and and when Clinton and I kind of well we didn't really talk about this I kind of just said hey he, Billy's coming he on the made podcast the executive decision but we, we were good with it it's yeah like, hey I know Billy yeah I because, think I know Billy <laughs> well and one of the things we did briefly talk about when I told him was that yeah he's gonna have some good stories yeah so so he's already built it up you're going to at okay. least tell a couple well you know I, I I'll make it brief because my family may hear this <laughs> that's okay it probably will. Uh, but I, I'm, I, I moved to Asheville in 1981 when, when my mother and my grandfather got married. And, I, and so... <laughs> yeah. Wait, know, no, no, no. What's your line? Tell us your line. Which one? You, you are your own... Yeah, my own uncle. <laughs> yeah, but my mother married my grandfather. Yeah. What in the Arkansas is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my mother and dad divorced when I was about eight, and uh, my grandfather remained a huge part of my life. And my mother, and my grandfather and my grandmother divorced, you know, I don't know. I, I wasn't immediately involved in that, but let's say 11 or something. And then my, uh, and you know, I, I don't pretend to know the whole story yeah, and yeah. quite frankly don't want to know the whole <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, my grandfather was, my papa was just around all the time. And he, he took us on trips. And through that, he and my mother built a relationship and they wound up, uh, you know, falling in love and getting married when I was 14. Uh, and and uh, I didn't think it was weird. Yeah. Because I was always I around. Until I told somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then they began to, you know, there was one guy I went to high school with his year ahead of me. And when I'd get to telling it, and because I mastered the whole, I'm my own uncle, I'm my own nephew. Yeah. You know, my grandmother's my stepdaddy's ex-wife. <laughs> My mother's my step-grandmother, my daddy's my brother, my brothers are my nephews. You know, the whole thing, and I could just go on and on and on. Yeah. He would just look at me with such hate and walk off because it was hurting his head. <laughs> and he didn't want me to talk about it. It bothered him so. Yeah. I don't know if he had second-hand embarrassment that I should have had or, or what. But I just didn't think it was weird, you know. I mean, uh, my my papa was still my papa to me. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and mama was still mama, so. Yeah. You know, uh, and my daddy was still my daddy, and and you know none of that really changed. But I, <clears throat> I will tell you, uh, you know, blending families, and and I know that, uh, you know, Clint, I know you you know something about blended families and stepping in, don't you know? Don't you have a blended family? Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, I do. Well, I have a stepdaughter. Yeah, you have yeah. a stepdaughter, right? So so it's sometimes it's real easy. 
See, there for a minute, I thought you knew more about my family than I no, knew. And we were going to no, get no. into I that just real knew quick. That you had a stepdaughter. Yes. Yes. And uh, uh, no, I don't know. Maybe you got better stories I, than I've I'm, got. I may. I'm yeah. more than likely I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I just uh, it wasn't weird to me. Uh, but I tell you what was weird is when my grandfather, my papa, decided we'd have Christmas dinner at our house, and my granddaddy, my papa, and my mama, and my daddy, and my stepmama. And their children, we and my aunt, who is my daddy's brother, who is also my stepsister now, and her son, who is my nephew, was really my cousin. Yeah. You know, we're all gathered up at Christmas dinner at my house. Now, that was odd to me. I, I, I was, uh, uh, yeah, I look at pictures, that, and there's pictures of it. I mean, you had to catch it that on film because that's... <laughs> You know, but but gathering together <laughs> yeah. as a family when it was cross blended like that, right. I mean, I tell people our our family tree is a kudzu vine. Yeah. You know, it's just it's twisted and everything. But it just it never was weird to me. People yeah. thought it was weird, and every single time I say, uh, you know, yeah, my mother married my granddaddy, I get the same look every single time without exception. They blink and they go, "What now? Yeah, wait, <laughs> what? Wait, what? Stop. What? Let's say, go back. Okay. To that. By the way. He did that a second ago when you said that. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw it. Because Clint didn't know the story before this. Yeah. Yeah. But it it wasn't weird to me. Um, And, you know, my papa has since uh, passed on, and and my mother has remarried um, somebody outside the family. Oh, okay. uh, There goes another question. All right, I'll have to ask that one. Yeah, no. uh, And I I kid with her and tell her that, you know, Everything was fine until Mama went and married somebody outside of the family. <laughs> and, but she married—I mean, she she married a great guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a super super man that, uh, you know, my my kids never knew him as anything but a grandfather. I mean, he mm-hmm. was a good good man. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my, how I got to Asheville, Alabama. So it's not normal. No. You know, when I tell you I, the way I got to Asheville was, was weird. Yeah. It was it was sort of a twisted highway, but there's no doubt. Looking back on that, you know, and uh, you know, and my dad knows this, and uh, you know, when my mother and daddy divorced, and of course that's, I was, I'm eight, and yeah. it's devastating. Oh no, parents divorce, you know, it's just horrible. Yeah. Uh, but looking back on it, you know, that had to be, you know, for me to be where I am today. Sure. I, I'd have never met Emily, you know, and I tell people all the time. You know, people got dreams of being this, and dreams of doing that. Dream. I've only dream honestly, and I'm not being I'm not being romantic or anything. But the only dream I've ever had was Emily, and I live it every day. And I, I don't mean that to be sappy or anything, but I, I mean, once I met her, that was that was my dream, and and the rest of it just sort of fell by the wayside. Yeah. And I know now, looking back on it, that that was uh, you know that was part of the Lord working in me, because you know through her, not her. But, but through her, I, I ultimately got saved and, uh, you know, uh, joined her church and, and uh, felt the calling to, to preach and then later wound up feeling the call to pastor. And, you know, and the rest, as they say, is sort of history. But Emily was the only dream I ever had, and it had all those weird turns not taking place. I, I mean, I know some people can look back and say, you know, if that had happened, I'd have probably been an astronaut or a doctor right. or yeah. a puppy trainer or something but i don't have that i never i never think that because i i can't imagine a life uh with anyone else doing anything else and living anywhere else 
If I was going to move somewhere else in Alabama, I, I, w- I wouldn't be. I wouldn't know what to do. If I ever move from here, I'm moving out, away, gone. Yeah. You know, I'll move to Arizona or New Mexico or something. You're like not that. moving to Raglan or Birmingham. I will not move to Raglan. That's a <laughs> that's a pretty much written thing there. No, I mean I kid. With, I've got I'm people, wanted. <laughs> I've got people in our in our church that yeah. are from Raglan. Yeah. I kid them all the time about being able to overcome anything, even being from Raglan. <laughs> but but I actually love Raglan. Yeah. Uh, I mean I yeah. love the, I love that atmosphere over there just like I love this one and. It's a lot like here, just smaller. Yeah, yeah. It, it really it is. is. And, and the thing about you know, you can actually go through Asheville on your way somewhere, but if you go, if you're not in Ragland, it's because you decided to go to Ragland. Yeah, you had to go out of your way. Unless yeah. you're going to Hatchie, and who's going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, for, I w- for those of y'all that don't know what we're talking about, this is what talking about small town Alabama sounds like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would say that to say that there's there's one place that I know for a fact. I don't want to make too many enemies here, but I really don't care. Um, I, I wouldn't live in Springville. My man. Hey. My man. That, but now, where did your dad just move my from? My dad moved to Asheville from Springville. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I, and, and that used to be a big thing. I used to kid him. Of course, my, my youngest brother played at the, in the Springville band and, and went on to Alabama. Did he really? I did the, not know yeah, that. Yeah, played in the Million Dollar Band Are you talking about Alabama. Brady? Brady. Brady. Yeah. Thor. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Thor. Thor. Yeah. And uh, so... A Batman, <laughs> but he played in a band down there, and they were real involved. And and Emily's got family down there, and they're great people. But Springle as a whole, I was just junky and <laughs> you know the cheat yeah. and yeah, you know I think I they're just, better than everybody else, and they're really not. Yeah, they want to be us so not, bad they can taste it. for me. In fact, they keep holding on to that stop sign, that four way stop down <laughs> down there, like it's something important. And all it is to me is a hiccup going out to that. Stupid festival where they charge too much for <laughs> Taiwan-made craft. <laughs> well, I'm just telling where you. they charge too that's much for Homestead, Homestead Hall. Yeah, that's the yeah. second controversial thing. I'm keeping yeah. up. I'm Homestead keeping up. Hall, are you kidding me? Homestead, yeah, Homestead yeah. Hall. Oh, yeah, I'm a, we shouldn't even say it. its name because we're giving it publicity by saying its name. Okay, well that little that Taiwan that <laughs> craft they, festival. They, uh, they uh, they have down there in Springville uh, where they sell hot dogs, and all those people from Birmingham they rush out there, and, right? they sell hot and it backs up and, and it backs up the interstate for miles because yeah, everybody's trying to get off one there. exit because they don't know where to go. That's right, and they come out there and they and they go, oh, isn't this quaint? Isn't this all oh, these co- these sweet little country people? Now all the vendors are from Hoover and Vestavia, right? Yeah. Right, and. And and they're selling stuff that they bought online yep. that looks retro. Yep. You know, there's very few. Now there you there's some banjo players and all that. They're probably not from there either. But everybody <laughs> goes out into this two lane road in Springville, Alabama, in this big to field. celebrate hot dogs. I guess <laughs> that's the only thing down there I have ever found that was worth going for is with those Polish sausage dogs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. So and the four way stop. <laughs> yeah. Must we keep the four way stop in Springville, Alabama? It, just four stop signs at an intersection. That's it. Oh, you and do. So it. everybody's got to take turns going. Yeah. You, yeah. you you just pull up. and You just kind of wait your turn. And when nobody's going, you're like, okay, I guess it's my turn. Here's an idea. I'm gonna throw this out there on the table for all you engineers of the state of Alabama. Please put a roundabout. <laughs> Traffic. <laughs> Circle, Springville, <laughs> Alabama. If you put one in Asheville, it'll yeah. work in Springville. If you put yeah. one on two thirty one in Asheville, it'll yeah. work in Springville. You know that thing's working better than I thought it would. It's it's I, I enjoy it. Yeah, 
I enjoy I, that. I go down there and just go round and round and round. Sometimes I'm serious. <laughs> I, I've done that. I actually did that the other night. Yeah. We we went to a Fourth of July celebration, yeah. and we were just going around in circles. And, yeah, and my, my, my kid in the back's like, Dad, what are you doing? I said, using up all my government money That's that I can. Right. <laughs> Riding that government yeah. circle. All I'm saying is I didn't make my exit, so I'm just going to keep going until I get back to my exit. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, you know, we should put like a giant bulldog statue in the I'm, middle of that I'm thing. In, hey, I'm all for that. A giant bulldog statue or a statue of Verl Wise or, I'm hey, down for that. or John Gross or a yeah. statue of uh, uh, one of the founders of Asheville or John Ash. Uh, a big A. Yeah. I, I a. Mean, the letter A. A. The script there. A. Yeah, put a big yeah. A, script A out there. And, yeah, well, the bowl was already taken, so maybe yeah. a grub worm. Let's put a big grub yeah. worm out there. I like I that. I think a, a, a great big cement bulldog on a pedestal would look great honestly that'd be cool that'd yeah. be really cool and until somebody it. hit it well you know you can, it could well, be made be out of styrofoam well, that's true. and it's on them and if it's made of concrete unless it's a big truck you know it's probably not gonna hurt probably cars gonna bounce off of it yeah. i went through a traffic circle we went out west <laughs> james and emily and i went out west and i drove right through the middle of a traffic circle i don't mean i I, I did. It wasn't as if I didn't observe the signs. I drove through the middle of it, <laughs> just like it wasn't there, and kept going. And Emily and James were just panicking. I drove down. They would criticize my drive, and I was driving mm. the wrong way down one-way streets. But you're out there. There's not a car. It, you can see flat for 30 miles. There's not a car unless one falls out of the sky. Unless <laughs> Back to the Future becomes real. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But, you know, a lot of those traffic circles out there have got that. They've got the, uh, you know, especially as I looked around, uh, what's that place in Arizona, the, the Flagstaff. Flagstaff. Yeah, Flagstaff. The little towns around it, They a lot of those have got the, the traffic circles and the local high school mascot is in, or, or some historical something. Yeah. Is in that uh, is in that traffic circle, and I, I thought to myself, "Well, that'd be great. That'd be nice, really cool, you know." John Eden Vocational, whatever Absolutely. they call that now, the the vocational career tech, yeah, and Dollar General and two thirty one Quick Stop and the Bulldog out in the middle and the vacant house up on the other corner. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's yeah, it'd look great. <laughs> I'm serious. I think it would be awesome. Put a sign out there about the wrestling championship. Yep, all the state uh, championships. The football accolades about football, baseball, football state uh, everything yeah. that that is positive about Asheville. Put it on a sign out there. That is one thing that I that I do kind of wish we had here because you know when you go past like a, a town like a Sachs or a Oxford, they, there's Five. usually a big sign out there that says home of the 2003 state championships, you know, 2012 state championship, right. whatever. We've never really had – we've got the big sign for the state championship out here at the baseball field. Yeah. The second one. The first one got knocked down by a tornado, but the second one. But that's really the only thing we had that kind of signifies anything so, about the town. Well, funny thing about that is that the city clerk emailed me a couple of months ago and said that they're working on that. And she okay. asked for all the information on that. So we, awesome. we've collected all that information, got it to them, and we're working on the design. And yeah. it's just a matter of if the sure. city's going to approve approve the funding to allocate the money for it. Okay. So Well, there is a big sign that. out on 231. For the archery. Uh, for the archery team, yeah. national championship, 2008 right. national championship from the middle school. And my son was part of that, and that was great. Uh, but I've always thought that, uh, you know, it, they need to be listed. Yeah. You know, I mean, no that, doubt. That, that's something the kids. I mean, every time I drive by that sign out there now, I see my son's name on it, and it it reinstalls. Oh sure. Reinstills, well, excuse me, some some pride back in the community. And I, I'm a firm believer that winning breeds winning. Absolutely. If you have a if you have a a, a winning football season. It can't help but positively affect 
your basketball season, your baseball season. Same thing for baseball, wrestling, archery, fishing, golf, anything that you that, that a school excels at. If they'll, they you can build around it. Especially Cheer, cheerleading competitions, yeah. yeah, band competitions, anything, everything. Especially somewhere like Asheville, because we're small enough that we don't have a whole lot of kids that specialize in one sport. We got a lot of kids that play a lot of different sports. Right. And and like you said, winning breeds winning. So if you win at the football team, you know, as a football team and maybe that guy's the captain of the football team, all of a sudden he's on the on the baseball field. Right. He you know, he's a vocal leader on the baseball field. Hey, people are gonna rally behind that guy. Right. And, and it just prime, prime example going. is is Fife. And for those of you again that don't know, Google Fife High School, Alabama. Fife F-Y-F-F-E. High School F E. Yes. Like just like Scotland, Fife Scotland. Fife, Alabama, Fife High School, the Fife Red Devils won a a very contested 3A state championship football game this year and beat a very good Montgomery Catholic team in a very, very close game. Also, I got to watch it. It was a great game. Did you say Catholic? Montgomery Catholic, yes. Never even heard of them. I've heard of Montgomery Academy. Well, and they're they're Montgomery Catholic. And uh, Montgomery Academy also, I think, played in the playoffs. Anyway, and then that same – some of well, I take that back. Then Fife goes and, and runs the table and wins the three A state basketball championship. The next the, that very that you same know, the, year, yeah. this past same year, yeah, with only one crossover player from both teams. Right. The the starting tight end on the football team played on the basketball team. That was it. Right. So it's not it it's yes to your point. There are athletes right. that can transfer over, but it's a it's a culture and it's a mentality. Oh sure. You know when you develop that that mentality and that culture right. and that community because right. you know everybody like I, clint did you ever go to a football game at five yeah did you yeah with me no okay <laughs> you, oh that's right that's yeah. right that's right that's right yeah, yeah, yeah i had the yeah, epic yeah. night with five so i went up there on several nights and followed them in the playoff as they made it through the playoffs and got to stand on the sideline and watch those games because we have some friends that cover their media and they cover that anyway and Everybody in that town was at that football game. Mm-hmm. Everybody, there would like you could right. have robbed the bank, the right. pharmacy, everywhere because yeah. nobody. Everybody was at that football game, right. and it and and you know it's it was also in the middle of the COVID, but nobody you know everybody was there anyway. Right. And they were going to be there, so thirty percent capacity. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but but before you move too far, I want to also say that that also spilled over into baseball because they had a really really deep. They didn't win the state championship. No, but they they had a really they deep, deep run in baseball. In, in baseball. Oh, and their cheerleading squad won the state championship too. They have the number one three A yeah. cheerleading squad in the state. They won the three A yeah. state cheer it's competition. It's contagious, man. I'm telling you, it's it, it's contagious. And uh, that that was one thing that I was so ex- you know people asked me so you know what kind of year did you have last year in football? Well, five five. Yeah. Well, five and five to me is like a national championship. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, we're going on, and if, and, and I'm I'm slipping a little bit here in my age, but if, if I'm not mistaken, that was this was our – we had 13 losing seasons in a row. Yeah. That's and right, just like man. winning breeds winning, losing breeds losing. Yeah. It just does. You get to – kids get to feeling like and staff and the community gets to feel like, well, they can't win. They can't – we can't win. We can't win. No matter what we do, we can't win. And so for me, this year finishing dead even, not a losing season, is a win. One game away from the playoffs. That, that's, yeah. that's a huge. That's a huge win. And and that that's you know what I wanted those seniors from last year, football players, uh, to know is that they they're they're going to be a part of, in, in you know in looking back in a few years, they'll be, be the a foundation part of, of that. that. 
hey, look, you, we, no, we didn't go to the state championship. We didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. But we were a part of the turnaround. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's something to be proud of. And it's something I was proud of, uh, you know, because for, I mean, years and years. I mean, I saw three 0 and 10 seasons. How hard was that? It was, it was. Because you saw you saw that ninety two team go to the semis. Yeah, you were there for that. You were part the of the whole program. town. Went to Elba. The which, whole town, which is went to like Elba. five hours from here. Yes, the whole town. The policemen, the fire department. There was, I mean, like you said, they could have come and taken the city. Yeah, everybody went, and and of course we went. Absolutely. And, uh, and then and then to come and and endure, you know, zero and ten, zero and ten, one and nine, and then like a. Two and eight, and then a one and nine, and I mean it's just, it's it's crushing. Yeah, it's crushing, especially, you know, when because because we had we had a good run around ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Clint was in school, yeah, yeah ninety eight we were undefeated. Ninety nine right. we lost one. Right. So it wasn't like or two. We lost two. We lost the Spring Bowl, and then yeah. we lost the first yeah. round of the playoffs. Yeah, it wasn't like ninety two was the only time we've ever had a, a good run. We've had plenty of good runs, but to get it get so deep and. And a losing mentality is—it's a hard rut to come out oh of. Oh my! Gosh. Well, you start losing—you start losing fan and community support. But that—that that to me, and, and this is really full circle for me personally, because ninety-eight, ninety-nine, Coach Gross was here. Coach Gross left. We had right. a new coach come in, John Gross. Um, in two thousand, we started the season off zero and seven. It was bad. It was bad, bad. We we started off in a wing tee, went to a power ice formation. Weren't scoring a whole lot of touchdowns, but we kept going, and the coaching staff was really big into us. We finished that season three and seven, and our last three wins were good, hard-fought wins. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't give us a whole lot of chance on a lot of them, that kind of stuff. Well, then that very next season in two thousand one, my senior year, we started off. We were we started off two and zero, so now we're on a five-game winning streak. Uh, we did lose our art tribal Springville, um, but we fours together kept going and we made it to the playoffs okay uh with, with uh, an eight and two record at that point we went to number eight luverne all yep. the way down at their place down past troy yeah you know good three four hour drive tim davis was on your team he was he was a quarterback yeah. we uh we pull out a win in mm-hmm. overtime yes. we go for two i remember that won it 33 to 31 won our first playoff game yeah since that 92 season right. Full circle, 20 years later, because this is my 20-year, the 20-year anniversary that right. that happened, I see a lot of the same similarities with the team we had last year. Yeah, they, they put it together. They were they were 1-4. and four. They put it together, finished 4-1 and one to finish 5-5. Five and five. And you can kind of see the writing on the wall this year. You right. can see that there's going to be there's a very good chance for a successful season. Now, right. some things have got to go the right way for us. But – you know, I never thought that I would be in a position where I'd say, you know what, I'm I'm tired of being that last team that made it that won a playoff game. And I'll be honest, I'm tired of it. Yeah. I'm well, I'm kinda I, tired of being associated. I'm I'm tired of sitting there thinking I was the last you know, that that's sad that that's the case. I was the last class that did that. I'm right. ready for this class not only to make it back to the playoffs, I want them to, to win. win that yes. one playoff game. Or even further. I'd love for us to go all the way. But I at least want them to win that one and just kind of yeah. get that monkey off their back and say, look what you guys did. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And Asterix, though, I'm going to be a part of that that team, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> not not well, playing, but coaching. Yeah, Yeah. right. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's terrible to try to come out of something like that. And, and when you know – uh, when you know that everybody else knows, 
is when you realize that you're playing the tenth game of the year, mm-hmm. and that's somebody's homecoming. They yeah. scheduled you for homecoming. Yeah, their last game of the year. Yeah, that's what that's what the that's what the other the, the, your competition. That's what they think of you. Sure, they're scheduling you for their easy games. Yeah, and uh, and that's when that's when it really starts to all that stuff just piles up on you. And then like like you said like last year when come come back and finish five and five and and just you know pretty much new coaching staff and and a, a, a new mentality and a new feeling it's just a different it was a different feeling I observed it other people observed it uh, no bashing each other on the sideline I mean it was just it was a much more positive experience than I've experienced in the last few years um, but uh, yeah I'm excited about what this year has to to offer and, and what what's going to happen and you know I say that I don't even know the schedule but I never know the schedule <laughs> you know it's you just know when the next I find game. out about the first game when Verl says I think we got a game next Friday <laughs> and I'll go hang on let me check now generally I'll text Nick yeah, and say hey yeah. when, when's the first game who are we playing where is it home it's there? tomorrow <laughs> what you know and I guess I need to go ahead and send you the schedule now that yeah, we're talking be about nice. it nice. if yeah. you want me to make it yeah we do yeah we do it's we not want, next we, week is it wait no Okay, we good. want you to make it. We want you to wear that that uh, those uh, those new uh, shirts. So I, I'm, I go over there and I take Billy his first like staff support staff apparel mm-hmm. spirit pack. spirit pack that he's gotten in like eight years, <laughs> much years, you know. And and he opens it up and he's pumped about it. But the shirt that he's most pumped about is the one that he bought, the one that he's wearing right now, <laughs> a Coach Hawk's shirt, a Coach Hawk shirt, Coach Hawk, Coach Hawk, who is our offensive coordinator. Yeah. His face is on the back of your shirt. Yeah. It is. Yeah, this is one of my – matter of fact, James, my younger son, mm-hmm. uh, he told me when I got ready to leave the house, as I said, I had on my unicorn tie-dye shirt that says keeping it real. And he said, you need to change your shirt. Put on your Coach Hawk shirt. He's going to be on this podcast at work. He's point. got to. Oh, you, yeah. There, listen, there's not a gr- – there, there, he is a man's man. <laughs> when I tell you that I'm straight, I mean I'm an arrow straight. But that Paul Hawk is something special. <laughs> <laughs> End it right there. It's not yeah. going to get any oh, better. God, it's not going to get any yeah. better. It's all he downhill from here. Weight pumping, bathing suit wearing, <laughs> floppy hat. Baseball bat swinging. Uh, what, what is it? Belly 3G Bob. Belly, belly 36G Bob. Play yeah. calling man among men, I tell you. <laughs> man among men. That's him. <laughs> Woo. Paul Hawk. Paul Hawk. He's something special. I wish we could record. If I had a recording of him, I'd put it in the edit right now. Yeah. But I don't. But, man, I, he called me this morning, and he's he was working on the practice schedule cause, because we have practice tomorrow, and he said, Y'all, no joke. He does talk like this. He said, yeah, oh, oh, how do I? He's working in Excel because that's why we do our practice schedules and it is in Microsoft Excel. He goes, oh, how do I, how do I, how do I delete? How do I delete? Something's wrong. I messed up. How do I, how do I You know, I got some, I got some blank space between the bottom of the schedule. You know where I got conditioning scheduled. How do I delete that space between conditioning and the practice script? And I said, well, hold on. And so, you know, it took me about 45 minutes to walk him through it because, you know, he had to click two or three things, but, uh, we got through it and, you know, and then we, he just, he's the most unique individual yes. that I've probably ever met. Yeah, he now he is and and, and a great storyteller. Oh yeah, my son James had him 
in class. And, uh, you know, James's senior year was the COVID. We quit yeah. in March year. Co- hey, COVID we got COVID to stop. Yeah. And so James's senior year was chopped up. But, but you know, he came home almost every day with a Coach Hawk story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. could. You, you absolutely could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He came home every day. And so, you know, that was – that was great for me because I wanted, you know, I have great memories of high school here. You know, Tommy Hill was an ag teacher when I was here, and uh, and still, he, he, I, I still greatly admire Mr. Hill. Uh, he still lives in Ohatchee, and I see him just mm, on a pass by or something. But uh, I, and Mr. Hill had a saying when you walked in the ag room down there. He said, "I don't know what they're teaching in the other rest of this building, but we're gonna do right down here." I like it. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know that that was his, That was the way he ran the room. And of course, Mr. Logan was principal, and he stood with his arms folded at the what used to be the only T in the hallways. And yeah. you know, you you walked a wide berth around Mr. Logan, not because you were scared of him, just because he commanded respect. And yeah. you know, that's what uh, there was a lot. There were several teachers that did that for James. You know, and Coach Hawk was one of those. Coach Hawk's a great, great yeah. man. He's yeah, a he great was one man. of those that that James just just still thinks just a tremendous amount of now i don't know if he learned a thing from the man <laughs> yeah but yeah. i you know uh and that's one of my my things and i was asked when when will my oldest first went to middle school they used to gather up and we'd go and meet with the teachers as the parents and you'd go meet with all your kids teachers in a group and it was like sitting in chairs and ringing they'd say you know what what are your expectations do you have any questions for us and I, you know, I, I told them then, and I mean, and this has been my philosophy for my sons is, you know, my goal for my sons is to turn out to be good men, to be good Christian men. And if they turn out to be scholars, that's great. Yeah. If they turn out to be athletes, that's awesome. But I want them to turn out to be good, uh, high integrity, men of character and godly men that, that, that can lead in that way. And, you know, my sons both had uh, people here at Asheville High School that made an impact on them like that, and uh, just like I did. Uh, you know, uh, not all, not every day was fun and games at the Wakefield home. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it never is in anybody's no. home, especially when you're a teenager because you're always right and your parents are always wrong. And when one of your parents is your pawpaw and, and he's pretty fixed and set in his ways, you know, it can get pretty difficult at yeah. home sometimes. But, yeah. but I had teachers here, and that's one reason I love Asheville is because what I got here. You know, I came back for, for the year after I graduated, I came back almost every day and went to the ag room mm-hmm. and would hang around with Mr. Hill. And I wound up welding gates for him and helping him teach welding and, you know, stick welding then. I kind of can't do whatever they do now. That little machine that buzzes and with a little bit <laughs> tiny wire, I don't know how to make anything stick together with that's, that. That's, that's flux core. Yeah. I don't, flux but, core. But, but, you know, I, I, I kept coming back because this place was like my, I mean, it was like my safety yeah. zone. You know? I know exactly uh, what you're describing. You know, right this now. is where I felt home. And, and you know, I see, uh, and I know that uh, Miss Madison just recently left. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is her, was her alma mater, and she played here, and she's coached here, and she, her mom coached here. And, you know, great, just a huge legacy here at Asheville High School. And she left to go to another system, and it, and it bothered me, not because of her, but because I wondered what. Why? Why? 
what what in the world inside a school system and i know miss johnson the principal at Asheville high school and i have never seen anything in her whatsoever to make me think that she would run anybody off by the way she acts i just don't see it now and you won't convince me of it so i have to wonder what's what's the deal what's the problem why what causes a person who is i'm assuming she was tenured she was she was tenured in her chosen education profession uh she played here she coached here her mama coached here this is home she bought a home here in Asheville. what happened to make her leave not only Asheville with the whole system st clark county school system yeah. and go to another school system there's a problem because that i know mara i mean i I'm, i mean i don't want to say we're great friends or anything but i know her she's not weird she's not the oddball that just up and decides to, you know to do something like that something caused that and i know there that you know and all i know is what i hear but i i understand that there, there's a great many openings within the st Clair county system well you, you and i had that conversation yeah, okay uh, maybe that's where you, I remember, heard you, you remember we had that conversation yeah. well i don't know if you do yeah, but there's we, a problem we had we had a conversation about that and you know sadly there are you know when, when you talk about a, a town like this or a, not even a town but a, a county and a community like this in alabama sadly politics does have does play a role and that that's that's the that's where you know bigger systems kind of have an advantage because there's 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 the ability to to prevent some of that not a whole lot of it but some of it right. um because you know sometimes being in a smaller setting does does allow for some of that to happen unchecked and and that's sad mm-hmm. Be, and i agree with you you know it, it hurt it hurts it hurt me when i when i found out because you know her little brother and I were were close for a little while, and we were roommates in college. Yeah. And he's since you know gone on, and we ha- we're not as close anymore. But for a long time, Mar and I were 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 close because of that. And then we became coworkers. And and you're right, there was a legacy there. And now it's you know she, she's she's moved on, and I'm happy that she has yeah, moved on. Sure. If, she, if she's happy, I don't but, mean any negative towards her at all. I, I mean, but what's happened to, to make her do that? Yeah, she yeah. has to make she has to take advantage of every opportunity she's she's gotten and make choices for herself just like anybody else has. But I'm just saying it takes a lot to take a hometown girl who's tenured at the school she graduated and played for and now coached for in and it's in and, and it's not like she's she's stuck teaching science when she wants to be a you know, whatever they call home economics now. But she's doing what she was trained to do and and she chose to to leave and there has there has to be other factors other than than financial there has to be there's just no other there's no other reason for it and i you know i and i don't mind telling you i'm i'm sick to death of of feeling like Asheville is treated as a second class school system with our within our own board Uh, and it has been for the last 20 years you know and I, i i you know i don't I'm not. I'm going to say I dislike anybody at the board of education because I, I. It's not true, but I, I'm. I'm sick to death of uh, of feeling like We're taking the back seat. Asheville's getting scraps. Yeah. You know, and I, and I understand politics. I understand that all the votes are in Moody and all the votes are in Springville and all the votes are in Pell City or whatever. But we still got kids here that deserve a. Uh, and I don't like to say fair share because that gives some the wrong impression. But they deserve the same opportunities and the same things that the schools with the large amount of votes deserve. 
and uh, and I don't I, I don't mean to blame anyone person on that, but some something's going to have to change. I I don't mind telling you right now, my my something's going to have to change in public education uh, because as of right now, my grandson I only have one right now. Uh, but he will not be attending a public school. Something's going to have to change. I'm not, I, uh, I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna have my. And, and I'm not his parents. His parents have said that, but uh, you know, I have spent just my. James graduated, you know, twenty. What, what are 18, our, what year? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty twenty. He graduated twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Right, and you know, <laughs> there were times he would come home and tell me something, and he was being taught, and I'd say, "Well, I said, no, that's not right. That's that's not true." Yeah. You know, and it was very often minor things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're getting to the place where major things are, are going to be shoved at our kids. And I'm just not a big, big fan of public education the pu- right well, now. Well, the public education system is, it's it's a it's a political it's tool politically driven, yeah. for for many different things. And that's what hurts it, or the, poli- or the fact that politics control it. Yeah. And, you know, like. Well, it's like, all about like, the big mammu. Well, the dollar. and right now, for instance, there's a teacher shortage in Alabama. And you ask yourself, well, why is there a teacher shortage in Alabama? Why wouldn't anybody want to be a teacher shortage? And then you look at, one, the salary, and two, the benefits. And the benefits are not what your parents' benefits were when they became teachers. They're not. They're, they're, they're being cut. They are much less, they, they, not even a shadow of what they were 20, right. 30 years ago, because politics is now, yeah. it's now the name of the game. And, you know... Everybody, and I've had this conversation numerous times with administrators and other teachers. It's I actually had it today with another teacher of mine, teacher friend of mine, and she was in the military and she's talked about the you know anyway. And it, the bottom line is, is you know you're expected to do the job of three different people. You know you're expected yeah. to be you're expected to be a counselor, you're expected to be some, a secretary, and you're expected to teach. Uh, but they're only going to pay you to do one of those things. Right. Yeah. And then if you're a coach, then it's you're you're working year round, and you've got to balance four jobs right. because really coaching is a full time job in and of itself right. as well. So it's um, but they're only going to pay you partially for one of those jobs. Right. And now uh, all the new people they've cut, you know, retirements the contributions not as good. Can't save it, all that good stuff, you know. And it, and it is it is controlled by politics, and so. Now they're finding themselves in an interesting situation where nobody wants to come into education because another another reason too is they don't let teachers do what they need to and and yeah, that I, you, you can't punish kids yeah, like they used cut. to you know uh, assistant principals can't can't lay down the law like they used to principals right. can't lay down the law like right. they used to so well with some kids they can't with mine absolutely go for it yeah yeah well, well sadly you're you're a minority when it comes to <laughs> parent, well, parental it, attitude towards education uh, I, I've had a, a few people in my life tell me you 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 should be a teacher you need to go back and get your teaching credentials and you know become a teacher and i'm like i can't teach now no I, I can't because because when i'm in the classroom what i say goes and if you don't like it get out and yeah. go tell your mama and go tell your daddy or, or whoever get out that's the way i was treated and i turned out okay i don't feel like i was abused yeah I don't. I don't feel like I was mistreated by my teachers here. Were there some of them I left here not liking? Absolutely, there absolutely was. It's their job to teach you, not to be your friend. That's though. right. But but for the, I mean, one of the strictest teachers I had was Sandra Yarbrough. But I learned more from her scholastically. I mean, you know, about math. 
I learned, and I'm I'm pretty decent at math, and I don't know uh, how to say Pythagorean theorem. theorem. <laughs> but a square I plus learned, B squared equals C squared. I learned more math because of her insistence that I focus and learn. Yeah. I mean, she ran me out of the classroom weekly and would walk me out in the hall, and she would give me a talking to Stern or threaten, to. you know, something. And, and you know, I, I didn't have any choice but to listen. And, and you don't have that freedom anymore to take on a student one-on-one like that. Now, you know, um, I don't see my children through rose-colored glasses. I know they've got faults. I know what their faults are, you know. Uh, if my kid if my kid deserves to get in trouble, I want him to get in trouble. How else is he going to learn not to do it? But that doesn't seem to be yeah. our cultural experience right well, now. Well, now everything is CYA. That yeah. that that is yeah. the modus operandi by which public education works, right. and it is it's not about educating. It's about saying that we tried and making sure there's a paper trail to right. cover our tail in case something goes wrong. Right. That's how everything works now because they're because. As a society, we have allowed so much, right. and we've we've put so much slack in the leash that that you know we gave them an inch, and they now we're, and now we're to the point where they're taking a mile, right? And we can't stop it. Yeah. Uh, so you know, supposedly I, I got to work till I'm 52 before I can retire with full benefits. Don't know if that'll happen or not. 52? Don't really don't really care. Yeah, 30, 52. Yeah, I'm 54 now, and I don't plan on getting to retire probably for. I'm gonna work. Well, I'm gonna work half a day the day of my funeral. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I've heard that. You'll check out yeah. early. Uh, yeah. But I did want to. I did want to mention this, and this is somewhat off the 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 beaten path we've been talking about here. But then it, then again, it sort of fits in. I saw this. What I got here is a meme, and it it has got a picture of a payday candy bar, and under it it says, "Payday candy bar is changing its name because it's offensive to those who don't work." <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. <laughs> I didn't even think it was that funny. I, I thought, yeah, you know. As me I, think goes, so. I, I think it's hilarious. It's okay. But right under it, USA Today, fact check, Payday Candy Bar is not changing its name. Yeah. It, did, it, did that need to be fact check? Are we in, we're in a place in our society now where you cannot say anything. Satire is gone. You can't think anything. You can't. You can't turn this way. You everything has to be triple and double clarified. You're not allowed an opinion. Uh, no, I mean, Payday Candy Bar changes name. That's not even that wouldn't be important if it was true. But who's gonna believe that mess? But USA Today has to come in and co- yeah. feels like they have to correct it. You know what they're saying when they do that? They're saying that the public who follow us are so stupid. We have to make sure they don't believe this. Well, that's what they're saying. It's the caution hot coffee on the coffee cup now. I mean, exactly. it, it's it's right. what it's what it's become. I mean, and you know, I think we've had this conversation before on previous episodes about comedy. How comedy is completely, basically dead now because you can't be satire. Yep. You can't you can't make fun of anything anymore because everybody takes offense to everything. And stereotypes, you know. I was thinking about that this week. I mean, Seinfeld, you know, how how great that show was. Jerry Seinfeld's come out and said, I can't do comedy in this generation. Well, that show never, even The Office would never be made today. No. No. Like The Office. Let me take you back further. Uh, All in the Family. Oh, Oh, my goodness. There's Jefferson's. There's no Groundbreaking. Sanford and Sons. Sanford and Sons. Probably All in the Family, and I I love All in the Family. Uh, uh, You know, 
those were the days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Eat job, Clint. Stifle high. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I love it, but because it takes the far, far edge stereotype and it makes fun of it. Yeah. 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 And that's what great comedy was about, is making, to me, that's what I always enjoyed, uh, let me say that, is making fun of stereotypes. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, Richard Pryor. Uh, yeah, man, legend, legend. But but when when we make fun of stereotypes, we're taking the far extreme. Not that everybody no. of that race or that gender or that inclination is that way, but here's the stereotype. And shows like All in the Family and the Jeffersons, they took those stereotypes on and they made fun of them. Yeah. And and it and it changed. I I believe it changed for the kids growing up watching it, to to sit and listen to Archie Bunker as a young man. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about as a kid and watch him and watch him berate racially uh, his neighbors. Yeah. And be the racist bigot that he was. Uh, it was all done in in a com- comedic setting, but even as a little kid, I you know I can, you know that that ain't right. I mean, yeah, you're not supposed to be that way. Yeah, it's like it's almost reverse psychological. Yeah, it was it was educational, but you can't have that now. Everything has. I'm I'm watching a. I mentioned it at church this morning. I'm watching a Marvel series. Uh, I was uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I can't keep up with all that stuff, who's when and who's dead and what timeline we're on and all that stuff. Yeah, we've, but, we've talked about that. But day. they're entertaining. They are. And they I'm, are very entertaining. I'm watching a Falcon and Winter Soldier, and all of a sudden they start <clears throat> slipping in this societal issue stuff. And I'm like, I don't I don't want that. That's not why I'm watching this. I, I don't want that out of my superheroes. Right? If I want that, then put me a documentary on or put some guy on CNN 24 hours a day or Fox by the way, that's what they've got, is yeah. people talking 24 hours a day about the issues that you want to hear them agree with you on. Mm-hmm. So you find the channel you agree with. And then you watch it. But I don't want to hear it in my comedies and in my entertainment. entertainment but you, or your sports. Or sports. Oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> Hey, listen. <laughs> Clint, I'm, you just opened up Pandora's I, box. I am an Auburn fan. Hey, War oh, Eagle. My War Eagle. But listen. War Eagle. I'm not anti-Alabama. I'm not anti-Alabama. Now, some people won't accept that, but that is the no, truth. That's fine. Because my wife is an Alabama fan, and she's the greatest person I know. Verl <laughs> Wise is an Alabama fan, and he's the second greatest person I know. Uh, but I'm an Auburn fan. Well, I like, as an Auburn fan, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't start the the uh, the season watching Auburn. Uh, getting ready for the run to the national championship, <laughs> you know, like most yeah. Alabama fans do. Yeah. So I generally start watching college football. I, I like to watch Navy, you know. Yeah. Oh, yes. And so, so last year, I, I was Saturday morning. I get up and I I turn it on game day or whatever, just have some noise in the background while I do my stuff. And uh, it, you know, they go through their junk and and then the the Navy Tulane or Navy somebody game comes on. And I thought I'm gonna watch this and. So I sat down, fixed me some lunch or whatever it was I was doing. I sat down and watching this. And in the first 15 minutes of the game, it became so political that this coach wasn't just a good coach. This coach was also fill in the blank. And these players have really stepped up to take their role in the fill in the blank. And, And I'm sitting there and I'm going, Y'all need to shut up. I just yeah. want to play. I'm here to watch football. 
Let's talk about how he missed the dive on the option there. I mean, come on. Or right. missed the pitch on the option talk there. Talk about football. So, I said all that to say this. I did not watch a college football game of any kind last year. Not one. Not Auburn. Not Alabama. Not Jacksonville. Uh, and I love Jacksonville State. I love John Gross and his family. are great people. Great people. Have treated my family great. Treated Burl great. But I just could not be a part of college football last year because I did. I don't want to hear politics. I don't want to hear social issues in my entertainment. I don't want to hear that. I I know Black Lives Matter because I was taught that Black Lives Matter because I got enough common sense to know Black Lives Matter. I don't need to be told every commercial Black Lives Matter. I don't need to be told that uh, White Lives Matter. I don't need to be told that... Uh, you know, heritage is important. I don't need to be told that racism is wrong. I don't need to be told that child abuse is wrong. I don't need to be told that any kind of abuse. I don't need to be told that. I don't mind being reminded of it every now and then, but I don't want to be bombarded. And quite frankly, I don't think anybody from any side of any argument is helping their side by bombarding people with garbage when they're trying to just relax. Yeah, some people need that's to escape from that stuff, and that, and that's what this should be looked at is an escape from those things. Right. I'm not. I, and listen, if I and I'll say this on air: if I've ever treated anybody inappropriately because of their race, then I truly apologize. And I wish you, I wish you would contact me and tell me so I could apologize personally. Sure. I don't think I have. Uh, I've welcomed people of all races and genders into my home. Uh, they're welcome. Uh, all races and genders are welcome at church. I don't. I don't look at people that way. I, I've got some really good friends who are not the same race as I am, and I've got some people the same race as I am that hate my guts. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I just don't look at things that way, and I and I, I just after a while it gets tired of that being the conversation. Yeah. Uh, even like we're on this podcast right now, yeah. and where have we gravitated to? Yeah. We've gravitated to this. I'm supposed to be telling y'all about my mama married my granddad. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm supposed to be telling. I'm supposed to be telling y'all these these great stories. I got some great stories about your dad if you want to hear them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, let, well, we're really changing gears again here. <laughs> That's what we do here. Because I don't know how you are on time on this thing, how long it goes or anything. We can else. go as long as we want to. Oh okay. What's your podcast? That's right. Yeah. We're still talking, so we're not going. Home. We don't have any executives. We have to about it. Oh well, so, awesome. You know. Yeah. Well, well, technically, we were on, we're our own executive. We are. Well, I mean, we're the executives. <laughs> yeah. So, well, do your parents listen to this podcast? No, no, okay. they do well, not. Then you may not edit it, but uh, I was uh, I stayed at your dad's house a lot, yeah. a lot. You know, my parents were gone a lot, and I just didn't want to be at the house by myself. So I stayed at at, uh, at your dad's house a bunch, and he and your your mom were dating, and and you know, it, old Tonton, uh, old Tonton. And uh, Tauntaun's older woman, you know, yeah. she's a cougar. Yeah. You know, chasing your dad down yeah. and wrangling him in. But They've been is, married 32 years. Can you believe yes, that? Yes, I know that. That's crazy. I've been married 32 years. Wow. Yeah. Getting old. Y'all got married now. the same year? Yeah, I thought 88. Really? Yeah. Where'd, where, where, where'd you I'm get, done with this podcast. Where, where'd you get married? Uh, we about? got married the same church. It was a dual <laughs> wedding. No, really? No, really? No. In Gatlinburg? No. No, we got married at Reeves Grove Baptist Church. Okay, I know where that is. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, oh. I'm, we're, we're there, and it's the middle of the night, and this was the day before texting. There were no cell phones. We didn't even know what – we, we didn't even think We about barely it. had a landline. We there was about. no internet. Party line, baby. Yeah. So I think your dad was 
it's like in the middle of the night. This is like 2 o'clock in the morning. And your dad and your mom are arguing over the phone or had had an argument over the phone. I don't remember exactly how we wound up, but your dad and I wound up in the car driving down to Tonton's house uh, in the middle of the night. Now, they live down on the river. Yep. And uh, they uh, were arguing or working it out or whatever and i just i'm just leaning up against the car i'm just there you know i'm not there for you i'm just what else you gonna do at the middle of the night and uh your grandmother tanya's mama (laughs) yeah she came out of the house her heart and she said she said well she said something to the effect of what what the heck is going on out here yeah yeah and uh it wasn't what the heck but yeah and and she was looking at me when she said it and uh I just sort of leaned up from the car, and I had my—I know my eyes are big as saucers because it's like three o'clock in the morning or whatever. And I just threw my hand up in a partial way, and I said, uh, "Hey, Miss Elrod, what, what's on TV?" <laughs> <laughs> what's on TV? <laughs> Static. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you watching on in there at three a.m. and on all three channels? Just yeah. static. What yeah, we we. There's some there's some stories out there, boy. I tell you what. Hey, hey, Miss Elrod. Hey, Miss Elrod, what, what's on TV? <laughs> you got some Kool Aid. It's about it's about 1983, 84. Oh, there's great. no cable TV. Yeah, no. there's no yep. TV on at three o'clock. And, hey, Miss Elrod, what, what's on, what's on t- TV? And I I don't think her response was as polite as it. It, it, I don't remember what she said, quite honestly. I scared to death. But. Knowing my mom's mom, uh-huh. it probably wasn't polite. Yeah. No? It probably but, wasn't But, boy, she polite. was a hoot. She's, ooh, she she ooh. was something else. Yeah, bless her heart. She, she passed away not too long ago, and she uh, she firecracker to the end. Yeah. To the, that's the way end. I, that's the way I remember her. And, and, your, and Bertha, your, your dad's mom, he cut my hair. She cut my yeah. hair for years when I had it. Yeah. <laughs> she cut mine, too, when I had mine. Yeah. I mean, I... And, uh, she cut my hair and uh, looked out after me, and uh, what you know, she watched. She watched that. I know she did. She watched out after me. Oh, Bertha. Oh, Bertha. Yeah. I, I don't remember who it was that, that started calling your your mama Ethel. I don't know if it was. So, so that's my grandma. Yeah. So that is her. Actually, that's her real name. Her real name is Ethel May, but. She didn't know that until she had turned 13 years old and she saw her birth certificate. She'd been gone by Bertha? She, and they just called her Bertha. Her family, her family had just called birth? her Bertha. Yeah. Bertha. She, she didn't know her real name until she was 13. She, until she was 13 years old, uh, she thought her real name was Bertha. I don't know. Well, yeah, so her legal name is Ethel May. Ethel May, you know, yeah. I'm not going to say her whole name, but, uh, or her maiden name, but yeah, Ethel May. I think I know her maiden name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, the fun fun fact: she did not know, and you know, she had thirteen. Excuse me, twelve siblings. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I went to high school with a bunch of your dad. Well, well, with some cousins. Yeah, uh, yeah, had a bunch of cousins. Yeah, uh, but yeah, your 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 family was always good to me and and looked out after me. We had some great times and some not so great times and some terrible times and. Did you ever hang out with Terry, my Uncle Terry? Oh, yes. I, I hung out with Arkansas? Terry. Arkansas? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I hung out with Terry. For a while, I hung out with Terry more than I hung out with your dad uh, after high school. Uh, and we, uh, yep, 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 sure did. Yep, I bet y'all had a good time. Yeah, yeah, sure did. Yeah. Had a bottle rocket explode in his windshield one time with his cutlass. 
cracked the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> then we were out in the parking lot of Ray's. Ray's Tire uh-huh. and Auto was up here in downtown, yeah. right next to the phone office. Yeah, and that's where everybody hung out. We were out there one night shooting bottle rockets, and uh, Mara's granddaddy, uh, Scotty's daddy, come mm-hmm. out there. Jimmy Wayne Madison, he was fairly tough. Fairly, fairly. He came out there, and and no one and they lived right across the street. He in no uncertain terms, he made it clear that there was not to be another bottle rocket hit his house, and uh, and I'm pretty sure there wasn't. Yeah, because he made it real clear. Real clear. Yeah, I think he could have whipped everybody in the parking lot myself. It's uh, it's funny you say that. I can't I can't tell the story actually on the podcast, but. When we cut this off, I've got a Paul Hawk story for you that that that. Oh, uh, let's tell speaking it. Of, speaking of speaking of speaking of with it. Okay, you want me to tell it? Yeah, tell a story. Do it. Okay. All right. Anything goes. Okay, so well, I'm we're our executives are he, he can cut it. <laughs> so, Paul Hawk, when he graduated from Emma Sampson High School, went straight into the Marine Corps. Right. And did a tour in the Marine Corps, right. a tour of duty uh, or an enlistment, as they call it now, and left and and decided to enroll at Jacksonville State University and got a spot, earned a spot on the baseball team. Right. Under famous coach Rudy Abbott. Right. And they he Coach Hawk was on the ninety two national championship baseball team at JSU. Well, during that time period, the athletes, especially the baseball team and the football team, and the frat guys did not get along, famously. You know, I feel like that's a stereotype now, but it was right. true then at JSU. And JSU back then was was known for its party. It's it's yes, it's it's post sunset scene. And I spent a lot of time at Jacksonville State and never enrolled there. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go, brothers. Uh, huh? Brothers? No. Oh, parties. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Terry, your te- uncle Terry. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Should have known. Should have known. So. uh Anyway, um, Coach Hawk, being being a, a, a an athlete, Mickey Farmer decided that <laughs> <laughs> decided decide. it's a random Mickey Farmer. We, we we've said Mickey's name on every podcast, and it hasn't come up yet. So I sent Nick a text and said, "Hey, when you mentioned Mickey Farmer, so Mickey he just Farmer. looked at it and he goes." In the middle of the stories, well, Paul, Coach Paul Hawk, Mickey Farmer, yeah, 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 okay. And then Clint laughed and it distracted me. So sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm, I love you. Yeah. So he, they're at this, I believe it was a bonfire, or it might have been outside of one of the frat houses. Anyway, they're they're at this party, a couple of baseball guys at a frat party, you know, drinking booze, alcohol, it's not going to mix well, and <laughs> and so. Basically, the frat guys. There was a disagreement. The frat guys got into an argument with the baseball guys, and the frat guys said, "All right, let's go. We're gonna we're gonna throw down." And uh, a gentleman by the name of Paul Thomas Hawk said, "No, we are gonna throw down. Only though, if y'all come at us one at a time, and I'll handle all of you. But it's got to be at one at a time, one at a time." And so they said they agreed, and so he proceeds to go to the truck, open the cooler. Um and and a particular kind of uh, firearm, a particular kind of beverage, and then he says, "All right." So the first guy stepped up, bing bang boom, knocked him out. He goes back to his truck, into the cooler, 
take and, and does uh, to a certain beverage, uh, something that, you know, a certain firearm, we would call a certain firearm, and then goes, takes on the second guy, bing, bang, boom, knocks him out. And he does this through about seven guys and proceeds. Keyword, shotgun. <laughs> and proceeds to knock out about seven guys uh, by himself and does that firearm to that alcoholic or excuse me, not alcohol, with that beverage. Yeah. Um, uh, Could have been anything. Seven, Could have been Coca-Cola. Exactly. Yeah. Seven times. Yeah. So, um, you know, Paul Hawk is legendary. Oh, I know he uh, is. He's a man among men. And he's got some great stories about Rudy Abbott right. and President Meehan, um, some that I, I probably shouldn't <laughs> say, so I'm not going to say. But some great, great stories about Coach Abbott, you know, just, just cussing him up one side and down the other over some some crazy stuff. Yeah. If we were to get Coach Paul Hawk on here, would he tell his version of that story? No doubt. It's not It's not that, by I the way. I want to be at least here in audience when but, that happens. But, <laughs> but we can just have Billy sitting over yeah. there on the couch just like, hey! hey eat popcorn. Yeah. Eat pop- I'm just here. Yeah. I'm just here. And like I'm not here. <laughs> a lot of people say, remember the Titans? Yeah. I say, remember Paul Hawk. Remember Paul Hawk. Right, he is a Titan. <laughs> he is a Titan. A man among men. Uh, he called me, by the way, in the middle of this podcast. Yeah. I got to call him you back. You should have answered it. I should have. It's not oh, like we've never done it. speaker live, Paul yeah. Hawk. I know I should have. We've oh, done by, it before. By the way, we've got to uh, we've we've got to mention somebody else that just anyway. Mickey Farmer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mickey Farmer. So <laughs> we, we we've got a uh, Jay Stewart. We've got to wrap up the <laughs> podcast, and we and oh, we yeah. do that, Billy, by making some recommendations to the audience. Now we don't necessarily have to like these things, but we do make these recommendations just to make these recommendations. Usually, it's some sort of entertainment or food. That uh, yeah. unfortunately, that's where we've gotten to. Yes, and mine's going to be another form of entertainment. And actually. as is mine. So, um, just to, while Billy gestates on that, do you okay. want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, I've actually explained to you we were going uh, through Netflix the other day and noticed that Manifest was on Netflix. Yes, uh, it's one of those shows that I kind of started watching. Uh, but then there was a mid-season finale um, because they hadn't really decided to pick up the show in enough time to get the rest of the the production done on the rest of the episodes. Uh, it kind of fell off, but the first two seasons are on Netflix. The third season just wrapped up on NBC, and I believe Netflix has picked up at least the fourth season going forward, um, possibility up to six. It's been a pretty good show. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's if it, we talk about Lost quite a bit here on this podcast, so if anybody kind of likes that Lost, kind of makes you think a little bit of you know sci-fi from the space-time continuum stuff, uh, it's got that in there. So, so Manifest is my my recommendation. So my, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. I'm I was scrolling through, I can't remember where, and I saw a video of of Michael Shannon, the actor in a movie with oh, Jessica Chastain and I'd never known of a movie that they had ever done anything together in and, and I did some research and discovered that that film was Take Shelter and it's a movie about basically Michael Shannon's character it's he's he's this just average Joe average blue collar worker he's married to Jessica Chastain they have a hearing impaired daughter her name's Hannah and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he get he, he starts having dreams about uh, an apocalyptic weather event, and he becomes obsessed with it, and he doesn't understand it. And then it shows, basically, the film is is showing how he deals with that, and then what happens at the end of the movie is mm-hmm. is in and it's I'm not going to say exactly what happens. I'm just going to set it up like that. But it's very very good, very interesting because it it looks at you know, it looks at life 
like how how I think most Americans kind of would live mm-hmm. life like that and how they would approach a situation like that, especially a guy like Michael Shannon's character. And it's it's a really interesting film to see his character kind of deal with everybody criticizing him at every turn about dealing with this problem that he's got or perceived problem that he thinks he's he has and it's really really interesting it's available on hulu if if, if y'all want to check it out okay. but uh but yeah um movie m- m- yeah it's a film okay. it's a film it, it is rated r but that's just because of the language it's 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 got <laughs> you know one or two um f-bombs f-bombs in yeah. it and, and so it's got an r rating and uh but but it's got some really good actors in it and what the thing that it intrigued me is it's a it's a it's not a very recent film it is kind of recent but it's not very recent and so it kind of flew under the radar right and i don't really know how it did that but it's it's so it's really good uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it uh billy you got a recommendation oh gosh am i relegated to food or entertainment no 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 it could be uh diet coke if you wanted to be oh i really recommend diet coke <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh you know above all things in my life christ comes first and i guess if i'm going to make a recommendation i i I'm obligated to recommending uh, that if you don't you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you need one. Um, That's the ultimate recommendation. Yeah, there. I mean, you know, and I, I know that just comes right out of the old Baptist preacher's uh, ma- manual. But you got to say that, but I, I mean it. And nothing else has ever brought me more entertainment, more peace, uh, more rest, more uh, stress at times. Uh, but it's it's all uh, it's it. it culminates everything for me you know i don't i i, I don't want to say i don't ever worry about anything because i do you know well, you, you can't it's, help it's but, human nature yeah you can't help but worry about what's going on but you got at, at, at the end of the day you got to know right. somebody else has got control of it right but some of some of the things we've talked about here tonight and you know i get fired up about them or, or get passionate about them but really at the end of the day uh i, I know who's in charge mm-hmm. and i know that the things that happen in this world must come to pass for for god's will to be done and and so I'm okay with with uh, with whatever. You know, I don't I don't worry myself to sleep anymore, and I have done that. Um, but I I can't recommend. You know that that's that's it for me. I, I mean I I put everything in the perspective of a biblical worldview and a and a relationship with Christ. So that's my that's my recommendation is Jesus. Well, uh, you know, I'm I think glad. it fixes every problem. I'm, I'm and, glad. politics, everything. It fixes yeah. everything. I'm, I'm glad that we could could. You know, make make some very shallow recommendations to set you up for, <laughs> for, for, for that. Well, listen, I, I love. Know. Let me tell you, you, you know, I love <laughs> movies and I love food. I can recommend Western Sizzling in Rainbow City. Uh, Emily oh, and I went eat. there this afternoon, and I, I could go again tomorrow. Oh, uh, uh, I could recommend a great uh, road trip out west. Yeah. Go see some of the other country, and uh, you know just experience parts of the country that you're not going to see around no here. gosh yeah. no uh, i can recommend a bunch of stuff but that's just the best recommendation i got is Jesus. well thank you i, I appreciate yeah. i appreciate that yeah. i mean that's yeah. it's like you sharing that perspective with us because yeah. you know i don't think that recommendation has been <laughs> surprisingly i don't think that recommendation has <laughs> yeah, been made technically yet. i mean we've we've taught you know about the bible and whatnot uh in in past episodes uh or at least you you and brandon have on past episodes so yeah well th- those episodes haven't aired so they folks haven't heard it but um <laughs> but they you know. will yes they uh, will and it, it, and it's good uh, i mean there needs to be open dialogue about the bible that's what's oh, missing absolutely. in our society is is a is a moral standard 
you know, not everything is not black and white, and I'm not talking about races. I'm talking about this moral ambiguity. Yeah. I, I, not everything is. It's not easy to see right and wrong. Sometimes there's no way to tell, and if you don't have a guide in your life, how are you going to tell? Yeah. And that that conversation needs to be had. I I, I don't treat every person like uh, like they should be treated every single time, but I'm guided. I'm guided by someone who has. You know, I, I, I'm guided by, uh, you know, I'm guided by a Savior who, you know, and, and listen, all you got to do is get around some people around me every single day, and you'll find out real quick what they think of me and how imperfect I am. <laughs> I don't say the right things. I don't do the right things. But I'm guided by one who has always done the right thing by every race and every color and every gender and every so on and so on and so on and so on. And so having conversations about that again in an open forum in, in public is important because uh, a biblical worldview has just been shoved out of our society and everything, it's, it's either yes or no, it's black or white, and that's just not real. That, you know, there are times when you've got to have something as your guide. Jesus is it, is, is it for me. So, Billy, we really do appreciate you coming on, man. man like, I, we've enjoyed this, I, well, or I, I have. You know, I, it's probably going to be one you'll call probably so boring because i know i'm a pretty boring guy in general that's not true no uh, that is not I, true. and i tend to get on soapboxes and i don't mean to you know uh but with all my many degrees and college education i, I find it hard <laughs> enough to be the expert in most rooms <laughs> i also I, find it very very hard to be humble uh <laughs> you was a mac davis song lord it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way <laughs> uh let me just say this. You are somebody that I have for, and not not just because you do have great stories, but you're you're somebody that I've always enjoyed talking to and having conversations with, and I think that that makes for that makes you perfect for this podcast, is because oh. that literally this entire thing is just talk or go home, and that's the whole point of the podcast. Like yeah. we can come on here and talk about whatever we want to, because that's right. what we do. Yeah. And, I'm and we glad, own it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that you got to come on here and, and oh, give man, us all your perspective. My and, I'd love to and come share. back. and Absolutely. And, uh, talk, and We need to get him and David Murphy and Paul Hawk on a, like a mega cast. Maybe season finale. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> this is the season premiere. A lot could happen between now and then. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so. You did ask me a question, though. To be, so you said for me to be thinking about Are you going to ask me that question? Oh, uh, yes. Go ahead. Give yeah. us. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah. asked me the other day when you asked me to be on this. You said. I want you to be thinking between now and then, what would you do to your mugshot to make it unique? Uh, unique. And the very first thing that popped into my head when you said that, even before you left the house, was that I'd uh, shave off all what hair I have on my face, including my eyebrows, and glue them on backwards. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, glue my eyebrows face going the other way. You know. And uh, I I thought that would be unique. Oh uh, yeah. And then and then I thought maybe maybe what would be neat is I try to make myself look as much like Paul Hawk as possible. Absolutely. Right? Can you imagine Absolutely. a mug book full of Paul Hawk? That would be awesome. 
That would I think honestly we need be... some of those. You know those masks. I know this the podcast is ended. You know those paper masks. They just <laughs> yes. pull rubber band. A we need to get face. hawk masks hawk made. Mask. And the whole student section. The whole crowd. Student and section. And Paul Hawk. Everybody just so as they're coming in. Hey, can you wear this mask? Can you wear this mask? Can you wear this mask? Can you wear? And then him walk out for the first home yes. game, and then just boom, everybody yes. and everybody just waves at him, and him going. What in the ever-loving crap is this? <laughs> uh, I mean, chant I going, mean, belly 36, belly 36. 36. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that would be awesome. Formation, yeah, we don't even run be, anymore. Be, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we've... Uh, Billy, like I said, we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, and and you, and you know, did we did we actually we've got something that we've got to No uh, we didn't. I saw we were gonna do it on the front side because yeah. it makes it awkward now we're doing it on the back side. Yeah, well it is something that we want to bring up and you know the 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 fact that Brandon Farmer, as as some of you that have listened on season three probably have figured out, is no longer he he's no longer with the podcast. On a full time basis. Yes, yes. Uh, he, he he had he had to step back. Yeah, he had to step back. I mean, sometimes things just, you know, you, you've got too many irons in the fire, and then you kind of look at the ones that are the hottest and ones that are the coldest, and this, unfortunately, was one of the ones that's kind of on the colder side. But, you know, we wish Brandon all the best. He's more than welcome to come in as a guest, or if he uh, gets some other irons put out, if he has the time to come back full-time, well, absolutely. All absolutely. Right. He, so, he, he, he's, we miss him. He's um, always going to be the guy that's one of the guys that started this, and and so it's going to be Clint and I moving forward until you know whenever he wants to come in. So for the rest of season four, you're probably going to be hearing mostly from Clint and I, and and the great guests like Billy that we've got coming on. So we really do appreciate it, and I can't I honestly I can't believe this is the fourth season that we've done this. Wow, you know? I, I can't either. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how worldwide we I are. I thought this was the inaugural broadcast. <laughs> yeah. So before we get out of here, can I make a plug real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Season four of Ham and Spam is this is going to premiere the, the week after the okay. So yeah, so first of August, Ham and Spam is dropping their season four. Uh, so be on the lookout for it. And then the episode two will premiere at the same time of this. Yes, one, so. and be looking out on a, uh, a unique episode with some, like a crossover episode between Talker Go Home a bit. and Ham and Spam retro review. I Ham always love it. When Did we you do say those. unique? episode or unique unique sorry okay yeah unique a, a unique and a and unique are two very different things well, well they're well, actually yeah. i mean these <laughs> days are, you know that may be they may not be all that unique and then again they might be that's yeah, true that's true yeah. when people can't figure out anyway uh <laughs> i hope you get it feeling better but you sound yeah. like you're a little bit under the weather a little sinus issue going on yeah you, I, you've toughed I, it out I'm, I'm proud of you yeah like you got something growing under your nose there too on top of your lip i'm not really? sure what oh that yeah is. the mustache the mustache the mustache the mustache yeah <laughs> So we're embracing it for the for the sideline. I don't know. Am I going to have to do it? Yeah, I think you're going to have to do the mustache too, Clint, because uh, customer knows doing one. I'm doing one, and everybody else pretty much has facial hair already. So, yeah, I, I do y'all don't. want me to shave my eyebrows off? I, I would. I, if you shaved your eyebrows off for f- football season, uh-huh. Billy, I would. Um, I don't. I, that may be the best like Christmas birthday present ever. I wonder. I wonder what my church would think if I showed up with uh, no eyebrows. Just tell me you lost a bet. They would understand. They would understand. They wouldn't appreciate it. <laughs> One of our things is betting. No oh, well. betting. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. Can't, I can't say I lost a bet. Okay, well, then you could just say, uh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, Somebody dare. dared me to do it. Somebody dared me to they do it. They triple dog dared yeah. me to do James it. James keeps asking me to. He said, Dad, I, I just want you to do a Fu Manchu mustache, and I want you to let your hair grow out. And I'm like, son, I, if it was just me, 
and you want to see me look funny, it'd be fine. But I mean, I have a church, and <laughs> you know, sometimes I have to stand in front of people and, and so, represent the church. And, so yeah. if you let your hair grow out, obviously there's a reason why you, why you're shaved. So where is it thin at? Well, the reason it's I shiny because I look good. Well, so, you have a shiny head. I have a brilliantly shiny head, but Do my you hair grows it? out on the sides yeah. and the back. So fryer tuck. You got the fryer tuck. Yeah, baldy. got the fryer tuck, okay. and it will grow. Uh, it it will definitely it, it grows significantly, and and I begin to look like a, you know, a heavyweight James Span with a beard. <laughs> yeah, early day James Span. Early who day I James. love, by the yeah. way. Span man, baby. Yeah, Span, Miss Span. Yeah, his mother taught here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he still well, got family in Asheville. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I did not know that. Miss Atkins. Gay Atkins, did Joe not, Atkins' wife. Did not know that. Uh, Joe Atkins and uh, James Spann's mom were brother and sister. Did not know that. Yeah, sure. I find it funny that we weren't going to say your grandmother's maiden name or her name on the podcast, but we've we've said first and, first and last names of a lot of other people. Well, yeah, okay. well, her maiden name we haven't said. So okay, yeah. In case you're wanting Nick's tax information, you have to have his grandmother's yeah. maiden name. My uh, social security number is four one eight. Blah 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 blah. blah. I was it's just not. It doesn't even start with four one eight. James Span thing. That was just a big joke. I oh, dang. dang. <laughs> Old Joe. I, I didn't know we were we weren't supposed to mention people by name. Oh well, I well mean, we can. Yeah, we can. We can. It's, I, I mean, mean the, except for Paul Hawk, the, man among as me. long as they're over age eighteen, we've we've run into that before. Yeah, we have run into some Students. potential HIPAA violations. Yeah, really. Or FERPA. HIPAA or FERPA. FERPA. Yeah. Sherpas. Don't they help you climb Mount Everest? Sherpas? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sherpas do. Yeah. Sher- yeah, Sherpas I didn't do. know they had any rules. <laughs> uh, so we've got a way that we end this podcast. Right. And so basically, the name of the podcast is Talk to Go Home. Yeah. And so the, to end it, we say, you can talk or go home. Oh yeah. Is it still crusty? Yeah. Look at here. Oh wow. Look. Oh the crust yeah, the, the peanut butter. It fell in my peanut butter toast and went the peanut butter. I crust. had it on thick. <laughs> <laughs> you know the show Parks and Recreation. I love yes, that show. I do too. Jerry Gergich. Oh you know, yeah. everybody was always Jerry. Yeah. Well at my house. When I, I we eat on the couch like most people do, you know, and I, I drop food and, and James will go Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a Jerry moment, dropping my phone in my peanut butter.